0: Hey, folks. It's that time of the week again. It's time for WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend, T. James Logan. With me, my two hostesses, and I don't mean that they're on an airplane or anything like that. I'm <laughs> talking about, we're talking about the hostess of the show. Hostess sounds wrong. Sorry, guys. Maybe hosts? OK. My W-P-O-V. two co-hosts of the show. <laughs> we're talking about the gentleman, Elio <laughs> Canella, and At The Liberated. Guys, welcome back. What's going on? Glad to be back, gentlemen. Well, you know what? Uh, this is kind of an exciting time. Not only do we have a, a, a second host joining us in, uh, in Ant The Liberated, but we're also tonight is officially the beginning of our second season of this show. So give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back. Elio, you hang in there for most of the year. Yep. Antoine, you joined in for a couple of episodes and now you're on for the ride. So hopefully you're going to have fun. Much appreciated. Shout out to Barry
1: Horowitz, by the way. Speaking of pets on the back,
0: yes, <laughs> which is ironic when well, you're going to see an article pretty soon with Barry Horowitz references the guy's ears are going to be burning. I got to tell you because there's, yep. oh wow, okay, yeah, there's a Elio has a little something special going up tomorrow, and okay. I already pre-read it. There's a Barry Horowitz joke in there, so <laughs> we're going to have some kind of weird psychic link of wrestling love here. <laughs> oh man. So anyways, you know what, fans? We are three guys who really actually enjoy the art of good wrestling. Yep. And we've watched enough wrestling that we know good wrestling and we know crap wrestling. And we also are our own people. And sometimes we don't always agree on what we think is good or crap wrestling or the way things work or don't work. And hopefully what you're going to get, as you've always gotten out of us, is our points of view about what we're seeing. It doesn't really mean it's right or wrong or whatever. I mean, you know – we're three guys with our own opinions, so let's launch it off and talk about some wrestling. Now, before I get into all this, Antoine, how was your week? Did you have a good week, buddy? Um, I did. Can't complain at all. How about yours? Uh, mine was pretty good, but, you know, I'm a man, so I will complain. Uh, Elio, <laughs> how
2: was <laughs> um, your my, week, buddy? <laughs> my week was great. Uh, we had my brother up from Michigan on the weekend, and we uh, right. had my dad's birthday. So, yeah, pretty good.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, it's been an interesting week. Um we we've seen a lot of wrestling um some weird and some interesting stuff coming out of new japan which i'm going to talk about a little bit later okay. but uh let's start off this week with our poll what was our poll elio oh, read us the poll from all last right
2: time. so let me just grab the poll here and this week's poll asked "Was tony shivani's comments about aew not being as big as wwe Naive or realistic?
0: Mm, Okay, Antoine, what do you feel about this one? Was Tony Schiavone being naive or was he being unrealistic? Given that AEW has been in
1: existence since, what, May 2018 and just debuted on television a few months ago, it's realistic that AEW isn't as big as WWE yet. The company is obviously still in its infant stages, where WWE has ruled for, like, what, 40 years in the wrestling slash sports entertainment business? So it's only realistic in my eyes. Okay. What's your take on this, Elliot?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, realistic. Like Ann said, uh, AEW is still uh, new and just uh, started. WWE has been around since the 50s. They started out as Capital Wrestling, and then they went WWWF so they've been around a long time so yeah i think it's realistic for him to say that
0: now i think the controversy here might be in the fact that tony shivani uh is kind of like you know one of these recognizable faces that who's promoting the product right and let's face it i don't know if any of you guys have ever had to deal with startup companies or uh you know companies in a heavy competition with each other you don't necessarily want somebody who is recognizable to say, yeah, we're second banana. And I I think that that threw a lot of people off is everybody's been like, you know, the con family, the, um, the elite, they've all been like, we're the best thing since sliced bread. We're the new wrestling world. We're, you know, they've been saying all this stuff and whether they really believe that or not, it's kind of what they should be doing. Right. I mean, you're right. You're a brand new company. You haven't been around for a while and you're going up against a company. that has been around for a long time. So I think it threw a lot of people off guard when he openly said, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're really not. <laughs> he was the first guy to be realistically say from the company, yeah, we're not really in competition yet. So um, interesting question. Uh, how did the fans take it? Because I'm going to say, too, um, I, I, don't, I believe he's being realistic, too. Yes. So how did the fans take it, Elio? Okay,
2: so f- 15% said he's being naive. Well, 85% said he's being
0: realistic. So that's, that's that's a good uh, barometer right there. I mean, that's not even a, a split decision.
2: And we do let's, have a couple of comments.
0: Well, let's read them out, buddy. Read them out.
2: All right. So Andrew Teaster says, right now they aren't. Maybe in the future they will get there and they have the names to do so. But they are nowhere near WWE yet. Okay. Then another comment from Chris. Cohn. AEW is twice the organization that WWE is in terms of excitement and storylines?
0: <laughs> the storyline ones might be pushing it a little bit, but okay. That's all we were asking. <laughs> okay, you know what, guys? All kidding aside here, okay? I want to ask you guys 100% I'm going to ask you this question. I want you both to answer it. I'll ask you each. And I want you to answer honestly right now how you feel about this. Elio, do you see in five years that AEW is going to be here? And if so, is it going to be a big entity actually in competition? Or will it be like impact sort of floundering around? In your honest opinion, in your heart, right now at this moment, what do you feel? Uh for, okay, from week to week, uh, like some, some weeks
2: the show is good, some weeks it's not great. So, um, yeah, they're gonna have to if they will, if they want to be around in five years and actually be some real competition, they're gonna have to really uh start uh putting putting on like great shows. So, like if they want to be actual competition for for uh wb otherwise uh, there's gonna end up being another impact wrestling just out there another company out there
0: okay anton how do you feel in your heart what are you feeling buddy is five years from now is this a viable honest they're gonna be a, a big thing or are they just another company okay so once
1: upon a time i used to carry the bloodstained banner of tna wrestling especially mm-hmm. in its beginning stages maybe going into like 2007 2008 you know those were fun years the, yes, the X Division was really the cornerstone of the organization. They mm-hmm. were doing some things that we had not seen before, only for TNA to take a turn for the worse. And for me, it hasn't been palatable in some years. Mm-hmm. My hope is that AEW goes the complete opposite direction of TNA. Um, I think if TNA can survive the way they did and still be in existence with all of the garbage that they've you know, put out there, I believe AEW will be around for five years now. What direction that they take creatively in order to be a viable competitor to WWE is up to them. My hope is that they will do something to be a you know, legitimate competitor to WWE. But from what I learned with my TNA advocacy that I had once upon a time is to take things one show at a time because things can start out well and then they can flounder. So my hope is that AEW does not, you know, travel the same road that TNA did and finds
0: itself floundering. I'm going to say my answer to this question is um, I really wish it would. Like in my heart, yeah. I really want it to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having a bit of struggles right now with right now the direction. Okay. Okay. The whole idea for AEW when they started was they were going to be something different. They were going to cater to the fans. They were going to give us better wrestling, more coherent storylines, and give the people what they want. However, in the short infancy of the show, they've already retread so much of the WWE's type of of mentality, booking, and, I mean, the best... We complain about this all the time. They say they're going to give people what they want. People wanted Chris Stratlander three weeks ago, four Mm -hmm. weeks ago, to take that woman's division, and instead they beat her down so much now that who knows where she's really going to float. That's not giving the fans what they want. That's the Vince McMahon idea of he knows what I want better than I do. Tony Khan thinks he knows now what I want better than I do. How is that changing anything? And the problem here is if you're going to try and be a clone of the WWE, them dudes have got like what we said from the fifties on, they've got like 50, 70 years of experience here. You're, sure, you're a billionaire too, but seven years of experience and trying to jump in and be the new same, I don't think it works. And I don't think there's room for, for another WWE light or WWE A or B or whatever you want to call it. I think the only way this really works is it really forges an identity that's its own. And uh, there's there's flashes of it. There are times where we've seen it, guys, where we've seen a few things on that show where we're like, yes. But then mm-hmm. there are times where you're kind of like, eh, this is exactly what WWE would be doing with these same wrestlers if they had them. So well,
2: it's, it's like I said, um, it's like I said, uh, I I hope that uh, that the of the nightmare creative uh, was a reset button. So, like mm-hmm. we we can only, uh, we can only uh, wait and see.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So guys, yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious. All three of us have high hopes, and we do enjoy AEW at times. I enjoyed it last week. That was great yeah. last week. It was fun. Yeah, last week was very good. Yeah. Um, so, yes, fans, uh, we would like you. There's three guys here telling you we love wrestling. And who? Hey, let's face it, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, Cody Rhodes. These are some really good wrestlers we're getting to see do their thing because you know we've seen before they didn't let cody rhodes do what he wanted to do in the wwe they made him stardust and all sorts of stupid things like that Mm -hmm. No, if the young bucks went there they would treat them like they were just like slightly larger midgets and give them like i don't know a clown act or something like that not really let them wrestle
2: and some people actually forget that uh, they actually were in there but they they were there for a skit with uh ms morrison in 2007
0: right but you know what I'm getting at is yeah you
2: can't really count that but yeah I get what you're saying.
0: So let's uh, let's move into the hot topic of the week. The right. hot topic was this week. I want to thank you. Was proposed by Aunt the Elder. Uh, the Elder. <laughs> Aunt <laughs> Aunt the Elder, really? No. That's, wow. I'm just looking at your great haircut that matches mine. you match of mind, both of I, us. What's going on? Aunt the Liberated, who was at one time liberated, but is now apparently the Elder. But no, at the Liberated. <laughs> um, Proposed this question this week, and very good hot topic. Uh, Read out what you wrote down there, Elio. What is the hot topic of the week?
2: All right, so the hot topic of the week is, uh, with uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, being the father of Cody Rhodes, um, should WWE somehow relinquish the rights to AEW for Dusty's uh, name and likeness? B, maintain rights and allow AEW to use the name and likeness without any legal ramifications. Or C, remain business-oriented.
0: Mm. Well, let's start off with Ant. Ant, you, you proposed this question. What's your feeling along the lines of this whole copyright issue involving WWE and Cody Rhodes?
1: Um, when I think of Dusty Rhodes, I think of one that has contributed to the industry abroad. He, you know, wasn't a wrestler where he was a big name or a dominant name with just one organization. You know, his his name became famous in nwa he was a big name in wwe a big name in wcw and so giving that dusty Rhodes is the figure that he is in the industry that we all love and uh, follow my feeling is that wwe should relinquish rights in a manner where more than one company can honor him and do something mm-hmm. you know to, to I guess, expand this legacy, if you will. Like, we already have WWE, by way of NXT, um, bringing forth the annual Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. With Cody being Dusty's son, I'm sure Cody would love to do something in AEW in honor of his dad, given that NWA has made a return by way of its weekly YouTube show Power. I'm almost certain, or at least will assume, that that organization will want to do something in... Mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes' honor. So, you know, I would, I would hope that WWE, you know, despite it, its, you know, typical business minded mentality, my hope is that WWE would actually share the wealth as it relates to um, expanding Dusty's
0: legacy and Fair enough, Fair enough. Elio, how are you feeling about this?
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to have to say, like, when, you, when I think of Dusty Rhodes, I think of like NWA, WCW, you know. NWA um, had a working relationship uh, near the beginning with the WWE, WWE, then WBF. So I think that uh, the company should, should, share the, should share the name with the AEW. I mean, they've done it with other, uh, other wrestlers, that have uh, been recognized by other independent promotions.
0: Okay. I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the full business route here. And I say that there's no way in hell they should share that for the simple Mm. reason is, um, they're trying to do, they're going to war right now. AEW is trying to claw out their, uh, piece in the sand. Uh, WWE is trying to stay up as the leader and let's, let's face it. They may not act like AEW scares them or is on their radar, but come on. They put NXT opposite of AEW, you know, they, they've made moves that are definitely warlike moves. Um, I think they'd be foolish. I mean, yes, as a fan and yes, Mark and legacies and stuff, I agree with you guys, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But as a businessman, I think it would be really, really dumb of them to give AEW more to build on. You give them legitimacy Mm -hmm. by giving them back the names, the the likenesses, the things that you built your whole company around as a mythos There's this company comes in, AEW, who's starting from the ground up. They don't really have a mythos because all of their wrestlers are relatively young, independent guys. Yes, they've made splashes in a couple worlds, but none of them have worldwide big legacies. By opening up these copyrights and giving it to them, you're actually legitimizing AEW. You're giving them a kind of conduit into the mythos, which they would love to have. And as a businessman, that's poor business planning because they're going to start making money. See, unfortunately, in the world of business, sometimes it's better to sit on an idea so nobody makes money off it than to let your competitor make money off it. And unfortunately, that sucks. So they may sit around and use the Dusty Roads things or the names of certain uh, creations of his. But in the long run, it's beneficial for them to sit on that and never use it than to let someone else use it and make money and to
2: grow. But see, see, pay-per-view, pay-per-view pay, pay pay, pay pay, pay pay names. They have a lot of pay-per-view pay names that uh, they, mm-hmm. they could use and they, they're just in there. They don't use any of them.
0: That is true. That's true because it's sort of like, um, have you guys ever been in that in your life where you've been in a competition with someone and you may acquire – it's like playing Monopoly. You guys have played Monopoly, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're playing Monopoly and Elio – is collecting the greens and the blues and Ant lands on the one green and the one blue that Elio needs, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't pass them by. He doesn't go, Oh, I don't need these. I'm not collecting them. No, you take them to screw over him. So he doesn't put hotels on them. So he doesn't put houses on them. So he doesn't squeeze you for money. I think sometimes, sadly, that's why there's so many things at the WWE. Uh, I think they have guys who sit around and honestly, Mm -hmm. um, brainstorm and say, what would make somebody money that we have control of? Okay, we have blah, blah, blah. That could make somebody money. We don't really have an interest in using it, but we sure in the hell ain't going to let anyone else make money off it. If we want to be the number one unquestionable wrestling company, we have to hold all the big guns. It sucks. It's mean. It's not fair, but it's the way of money in this world. And it's the way, unfortunately, I think WWE is going to keep pursuing it. I don't think they're really going to let – much go at all, especially if it's going to benefit AEW. Now I want to throw out one really quick thing here. Last week, Cody, Cody Rhodes did a, uh, a conference call prior uh, to, uh, to an AEW show where he talked about, he, he let people just phone in and ask all kinds of questions. This is the one you
2: were telling me about.
0: The one I referenced last week. One of the most important things he did reference, he actually referenced about this whole copyright thing. Mm. And what he said is a lot of the copyrights that he did get and a lot of them that he was pursuing, he said were actually for the estate of his uh, father, which belongs to his mother and that he gets no benefit out of any of the trademarks and copyrights that he has collected now. They all go into her estate and she is the only one that gets any financial benefit from it. Oh, okay. So that kind of made me go, oh, wait a second they here really is a guy maybe pushing really for his father's legacy mo- much more than trying to build a company. So mm-hmm. that for me kind of softened my stance a little bit. I've kind of have to say, yeah. I'm not, good, I'm not going to excuse the WWE's uh, stance on this, but it does suck. What do you guys think when I tell you that when you, when that, that's right from Cody Rhodes mouth, what does that make you guys think? Um, you um, any thoughts on that? Does it change your view at all? Does it enforce your view? No,
2: yes. Makes you like think, like yeah, maybe he's really uh, he wants to do this for his father to keep the legacy alive.
1: Anton, I mean, I still maintain my, I still maintain my stance on it, but you know, in thinking about uh, the ramifications that aren't public, you know, in reference to his mom, it, you know, I would think that maybe there would be a little more sensitivity. Coming from Mm -hmm. WWE's end, hopefully they will be, Mm -hmm. but on the flip side, just listening even to what you said in reference to making sure no one else profits from, you know, that type of exposure to Dusty's likeness (laughs) and trademark. A prime example is the recent announcement of AEW's action figures, Mm -hmm. if Dusty Rhodes indeed I mean, if, if it's access to that, why wouldn't he want to do a legend or a Hall of Famer line of wrestlers and then do so under that AEW mm-hmm. brand? And, you know, if things work out well and the Dusty Rhodes fails, WWE would be kicking themselves in the rear, you know, because mm-hmm. they allowed AEW to have that type of access. I'm pretty sure WWE would rather make money off of their own personal line of Dusty Rhodes action figures than
0: allowing AEW to do so this is like this whole legality thing is it's such a it's a it's a very trippy very hard thing to to wrap your head around especially considering like we grew up as we grew up as wrestling fans and we know stuff before the wwe and all the corporate stuff when a guy could make his name in many territories and was remembered he wasn't just that he was a guy in florida and he was a guy in stampede and he was a guy in all-star and you know and 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 oh I think, though, I want to point out one really interesting thing I want to throw out to you guys, okay, is despite the fact we look at the WWE as this big uh, monolith of, like, steamrolling wrestling and all this stuff and and making everything WWE, the flip side of this is they're also engraving a legacy that will last forever for certain wrestlers. Um, I think there are a lot of wrestlers who may have just totally disappeared. And never be remembered again if it hadn't been for WWE archiving, uh, putting together packages for them, all those kind of things. Even when somebody dies, you know, a wrestler dies who's ever been in the WWE, they throw up this great little, you know, two minute package where they get to celebrate this person again. And I think if the WWE (laughs) wasn't so vigilant with the way they gather and keep their things, I don't think we'd have that level of greatness. We might have a bunch of little tributes across the thing. But sometimes I think these giant tributes really make you stop and go, wow, who was that guy? I'm going to go look him up because that's happened to me a few times. So interesting, really, question. And and fans, we really, we're curious what you guys think about this. And, you know, we understand there's so many ways. There's the heart way of looking at this. There's the way of looking at it from the financial aspects. There's the way of legacy. There's the way of, wow, there's just so many venues here. So, what do you guys think? Do you think that uh, that the, the dusty roads uh, likenesses and images should be given to Cody a little more easy from WWE, or are they probably better to hold that back? And why? We're here. We're curious to hear from you all. All right. So, we're gonna go into our AEW look. Um, we're gonna talk uh, like in one of our last segments about New Japan, but I just wanted to throw this out there because this is just crazy. I honestly just read this like 15 minutes before we went on air here. New Japan has canceled two weeks of shows because of the coronavirus scare. They have canceled eight of their events, including the opening of the New Japan Cup for fears of people's health over the coronavirus. How crazy is that? Wow. So now, um, now, now what? <laughs> yeah, now what is exactly right. I mean, we have a little bit to talk about some cards that happened uh, last week, but uh, there's not going to be anything to talk about They're for a while. They're kind of preventing while. us from doing our job here. Yeah, that darn virus. Now, uh, <laughs> I, I do know in Western Canada and in Eastern Canada, what's kind of a bit of a buzz right now, the coronavirus. What I yeah. want to know is, is uh, Ant, is it a thing that's prevalent in the news in the U.S. right now for where you are? Is it something like? Are there? Is it becoming a a legitimate fear to people the coronavirus? Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, And then, especially considering
1: how here in the nation's capital, Washington D.C., the home of federal government organizations, you have government employees who go on international travel. And it's funny because a few days ago, my wife had mentioned to me that two of her colleagues have been, I guess, in a sense, banned. From the office for two weeks because they just got back from international travel and because of the concern of the coronavirus they've been asked to stay away from the office at least two weeks and go through whatever quarantine processes are needed to ensure that you know they are cleared to return back to work so yeah it, it's definitely an area of concern here in the states especially wow. where i live
0: Yeah, uh, elio east coast Canada. uh yeah it's, it's,
2: uh it's, it's, we hear the same thing like uh people are afraid that they've been there have been uh i think one or two cases here but mm-hmm. um yeah it's basically the same thing it's, People are, are afraid of this
0: now it's become a big thing out here too i mean in western canada we've had i think nine cases in vancouver alone of wow. confirmed uh coronavirus so it is happening um And it's a scary thing. And uh, I I, like, please forgive me people. I do not remember the exact company. I, maybe it was Nestle or some company that has something like uh, quite a few, like hundreds of thousands of employees across the world has now banned all of their, um, um, has, has now banned their employees from international travel. So their, their own employees can't travel to other parts for now. Now, why are we talking about this? Well, because it's it's obviously weird enough that this is canceled at A wrestling promotion. New Japan is not a small promotion. I mean, nope. maybe in North America, it's not the biggest thing. But in the other side of the world, this is the, the granddaddy of them all. It's the WWE of the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to shut down eight major events for them in the next two weeks, that's got to make you wonder. But it's got to make you a little bit fearful, you know?
2: Imagine, uh, if I mean,
0: this, imagine if it had hit in January around oh, Wrestle geez. Kingdom. That would have been oh, terrible. That, yeah, wow. <laughs> That's like wiping out WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> right? Not cool. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, we'll finish the gloom and doom, and let, let's get into our AEW report of the week. Okay. All right. So, let's pull up the AEW report, guys. Let's go over the news, and uh, let's discuss what we saw, what we thought about it give our point of views of everything okay now this week of course it started off hot once again went right into the matches which yeah. was kind of good
1: mm-hmm.
0: we got to see pack it's so funny because for weeks me and elio kept saying is it pack is it pock you want to say pock <laughs> because of <actual laughs> <You> know, POC. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? but it is pack and two pack and two yeah there's never two pack There's a six-pack. We got a lot of that Canada. I don't know if you guys get that, but we got a lot of six-packs up here. And I think I have a four-pack. No, I I do not. I have a a keg. Anyhow, uh, (laughs) let's start off with the show. Okay, Pack versus Omega. First of all, Elio, what did you think of this match? This was a good match.
2: I thought thought this match fit more – in the main event spot, though, but uh, I I enjoyed this match. Um, uh, what confused me though was uh, the whole count out situation. Some sometimes the referee would do administer the count out, other times uh, they would just forget all about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The AEW's referees do seem to have a very lax
2: set <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of rules they're using. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like they make up their own rules as they go as they move along.
0: Possible. Possible. <laughs> Anything else to come out of there for you for that match?
2: Uh, uh the overtime. Uh, yeah, I thought like thirty minutes uh, tied at one. That, I thought that over the overtime when they went overtime. Because yeah. they were tied at one. Like mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it could like actually like, lead up to to like a blow off match.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, and how did you feel about this opening match? So.
1: In terms of the actual match itself, high octane action, Mm -hmm. back and forth match to the night. I've even seen some, you know, social media buzz on it that it could be considered a match of the year candidate. It was that good. Match wise, it it was. It was great. It was. It really was. As far as everything, you know, there were a few things that surrounded the match that confused me. For starters, again, with the acceptance of Young Bucks appearances. Why did the Bucks have to corner Kenny Omega? In this match, I mean, I guess later on, uh, they wanted to show that the Bucks were there to be friends and to help because there was a moment where Kenny Omega was on the receiving end of uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, uh, what is the name of that inverted suplex move that Pac had hit from the ring apron? And oh yes, Omega, yes, yes. No, oh, It was when uh, yeah, when 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 Omega got hit with the uh, the black arrow through the table, and yeah. so the Bucks had helped him. Um, into the ring. I mean, I guess that served a purpose in a sense. But for me, my, air, you know, my antenna always goes up because it just came off as an added uh, young buck appearance with, you know, either Adam Page could have been there or Omega could have just worked worked the match in itself. And then the flip side of me, I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe the Bucks are there to somehow inadvertently interfere in the match caused Omega to lose the match and then that's where we'll get the heel turn that we discussed last week when Omega he <laughs> five. He's had enough of the bucks. But that didn't happen. And then another thing that confused me too was Pop using or Pac using the chair on Omega when it put him one in the hole. I understand you're trying to do damage to him, but if not for you hitting Omega with the chair then there wouldn't have been a disqualification. There wouldn't have been need for the sudden death and then, you know, Pat would have won it. So right. a little bit of confusion booking-wise as to mm-hmm. the things they had surrounding it, but overall, I enjoyed the match.
0: Okay. Um, I Yeah, this match uh, was... It finally got to see the Kenny Omega I love so much in New Japan because we haven't really yeah. seen that Omega that much in AEW. It, you know,
2: mm-hmm. he
0: seems to be more cartoony, more yeah. jokey, friendly, not so...
2: Yeah, And we got yeah. to, to, to see the V-Trigger and the one Wing Angel.
0: Yeah, yes. you know, and, and the Kamagoya. You know, like, uh, yeah. we got to see some really good stuff. Um, I'm going to say this from uh, when I look at, like, uh, my my an- analysis from the Booker's point of view of this. Um, first of all, I really think in o- the overall of the show, this should have been the main event. Because, unfortunately, the other matches suffered a bit from that. Yeah. That was so darn good to everything else kind of came off as flat, you know. Um, so I kind of wish they made that the main event. Um, I get the idea of the young bucks coming out and I was very confused and then they had the little um, the little interview later which we'll talk about which made this even more confusing (laughs) because when you watch that you knew that was taped earlier and this was live so why were they acting like this while they were live that that was very confusing Um, I get the why they did it and 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 bear with me from a, a from a booking standpoint by having the young bucks throw Kenny back in to help him get back in at the te- count, and by having Pac, uh, or Pack, sorry, by having Pack have on his finisher maneuver, and then they stop it at the the uh, the time and they give him the overtime, and he loses, he can legitimately it doesn't get, make him look bad because it makes it seem like he actually should have won the match because. He had the finisher on The young pucks totally helped Kenny get in there. And they did. I mean, that was obvious that they threw him in to get him back in. Um, the one thing too, is I want to address the whole chair thing. And I think what the, the chair thing was a harken back to uh, an old match between a best, uh, an Ironman match. I think it was between triple H and mankind where triple H took out mankind with the chair took the, the one disqualification and then took two falls after that because he would hurt him so bad. And the point was he was trying to hurt him so bad that he was trying to get multiple pins right after each other. And he was willing to give up one to take two. And I think that's what the idea, but I don't think it came off. <laughs> Obviously, if you guys didn't see it like that, they didn't, they didn't bring it off the way they I think they would want it to bring off. So, all right, <laughs> but yeah, all in all, very good match. Uh, like I said, I, I like that kind of stuff it's uh it, it, it's, we just don't see enough of that in uh, in good wrestling lately and you gotta admit for 30 minute match, it was pretty darn exciting sometimes Iron Man matches I've seen probably dozens of them and I got to tell you at least sixty percent of them there is at least 10 minutes of it where I'm like <laughs> do something <laughs> why am I watching this do something. <laughs> There was not a moment. I mean, I was even watching the stupid box-in-box uh, box thing because I didn't want to miss any of this. I thought this was pretty darn good. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to say this was a this was a thumbs up for me. In the in, but the thing is, like I said, it really kind of um, threw me in the it threw off the rest of the card. And I want to know what you guys think as we get into these next matches. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Coming back Coming up after this. We had um, let's see, do to do. I'm just reading over my notes for the. Okay, oh yes. Uh, okay, first of all, this I, I talked about this this morning with Elio. Is Tony Shavani the dumbest interviewer in? Is he the dumbest person in the world? <coughs> see if I get this right, okay? Pack <laughs> has shown himself. To be a guy who will hit officials, who will hit anybody, who acts very psychotic, who will jump anybody, <laughs> who's extremely violent, mad. And you're going to go up to him and say, hey, remember when you said you were going to win and you didn't? How do you feel like that being a loser now? <laughs>
1: Are you on your mind? So why would you Did do you that? Want it?
0: <laughs>
2: right after the guy lost the match, why don't you ask him Wow, yeah. it feels like uh, to lose after saying you would win?
0: Yeah, like, he didn't even try and, like, be sympathetic or try. He was just like, so, you shot your mouth off and you lost, loser. How do you feel?
2: Maybe it was a good thing Orange Cassie didn't come out because too, he, took, he took the punch that was probably meant for Shivani.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> i, I really was not expecting Orange Cassie to make the stay for Tony Shivani. But, yeah, make them think about it. That punch wasn't intended for Shivani. If not for Cassidy, then you best believe yeah, Tony was in for
0: a long night. And and Tony deserved it. I mean, I'm sorry. You don't do that to anybody, pal. (laughs) No matter if you're right, unless you're big enough to take that punch, you don't say those words.
1: And it wasn't one of those inadvertently offensive questions. Tony was going for the jugular on that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, and now here's the weird part. Why in the hell did Orange Cassidy come out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, as far as I know, he's never even hung out with Tony Schiavone ever on any of the shows. Um, he has really nothing to do with him, but he just comes out to take a punch to the face. I mean, good on him, but why?
2: <laughs> and and your, your first match, uh, and you, you, why would you want your first match to be against Pac?
0: Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in our preview thing. But, um, d- okay, guys, I got to say, for me, really blew me away that Pack was the guy to, or sorry, that Orange Cassie was the guy to come out and stand up for Tony. How about you guys?
2: Yeah, that was, uh,
1: that was so weird.
0: It was weird
1: for me, too, and I, I guess from a booking standpoint, not that I have experience in booking, this is just me being a fan, as a fantasy booker, if you wanted to have Orange Cassidy on the card, um, maybe you could have had him, you know, booked to face a surprise opponent at Revolution. And at that point, that's when you unveil Lance Archer or Hoyt. For those of you who may not know, oh. uh, Lance Hoyt was officially announced as being All Elite, mm-hmm. so maybe they could have booked it as him facing a surprise opponent and then Hoyt being unveiled as Pox or Pax, mm-hmm. surprise opponent. Revolution. That, that's and and booking I, right I just, there. Yeah, I did not get the Orange Cassidy connection at all, but my hope is that when it does go down, we see more than a lazy thumb and some soft kicks to the shin because... I, I just don't know what the craze about. is. So <laughs> yeah. We're going to cool. get into
0: that when we do. What's the preview? We'll get into yeah. that. That's for sure. Okay. Um, okay. One last note I'm going to say here that I wrote down, um, Jim Ross, every second week, I love him and I feel bad people dump on him. And then the next yeah. week he says some, many incredibly stupid things. This week was a bad week of horrible things that he said that just made him look terrible. Um, do we really need to know that Orange Cassidy is freshly squeezed every time he comes out? And this week, he threw in, he's without pulp, folks. <laughs> he's without pulp. <laughs> oh, my lord, oh, wait, JR. Why? It gets worse. It gets worse. In the main event, I'm going to tell you one other horrible thing that I thought was just too much. Okay, see,
2: that, that, that's a horrible name, freshly squeezed
1: Orange Cassidy. That's <laughs> terrible.
0: Hey, it's wrestling. There's been so I, many
1: games. Yeah, and, and I guess the crowd pops enough with the freshly squeezed chance. Yeah. To a point where JR doesn't have to see it on a weekly basis. So <laughs> <laughs> they all can remove that out of his stick or approach.
0: Yeah. And freshly squeezed is bad, but then throwing in the he's without pulp. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Anyhow, um, next up. The Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle. We had here mm. Marco Stunt, uh, Luchasaurus, and um, Jungle Boy taking on – now, are they still calling themselves Proud and Powerful or something? They don't Sorry. seem to refer to them anymore as that. But Pride and prou-
2: Proud and Powerful, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't hear them referring to themselves
0: as yeah. that anymore. We'll just say the I'll... former LAX.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want to say they all on a strip of their Twitter handles because they, mm-hmm. they both started Twitter handles with Proud and Powerful. Of mm-hmm. course, it's the distinction between Santana and Ortiz. So my guess is they're still referring to themselves as that, okay. but you don't hear as much on the
0: broadcast. Yeah, yeah. They don't seem to they seem to stay away from that all of a sudden the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh so they team up with Sammy Guevara. Um Ant, what do you think of this match? The match
1: I thought was fun. Um I enjoyed the back and forth. I Always enjoy uh, Lucha Source, you know, for I got to be that agile and that mobile at 65, 260 some odd pounds. To me, is impressive. Um, I was concerned about the build towards revolution until Sammy Guevara grabbed a loaded sock, attempted to use it, and then Darby Island made the save. So my concern about the build towards the pay-per-view was... uh, Answered or resolved at that moment, but overall, I enjoyed the match. Okay, Elio. Yes, the match
2: was um, okay for me, but Marco, Marco Stuntis, Um, to me, it seems like he's the one. The reason, like, uh, they don't win many of their matches. Jurassic Express. Like, for me, he's just there anymore.
0: Okay. Now, I gotta say, I like Jungle Boy. I mean, this yeah. guy Absolutely. really moves. Like. I'm very surprised. He's very agile. We don't see him enough. I think. Love Luchasaurus. Okay. Um, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, thank goodness they're dialing back the goofiness. Oh
1: right? yeah. You know, we, Especially whole Ortiz.
0: Ortiz with the uh, <laughs> whatever the scratching <laughs> thing and, yeah. thing, and all, yeah. you know all the tiger junk he was doing. It was it got to the point where it was too much of a mock. You know it mm. wasn't fun anymore. It was like ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see him pull that back. And Sammy Guevara, he's definitely a guy who's got a great future ahead of him. I mean, he's indeed. he's got a lot of talent. He does a lot of stuff. And I have a problem with Marco Stunt, and only in the fact is this. I don't think that, you know, they don't need Marco Stunt or there isn't a place for him. I just don't think there's a place for him as an active third member of a six-man team. I think he's too small. Um, I think he's the reason they keep losing their matches. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be great okay. if he was a manager. Or if he was a cheerleader, mascot, uh, a mouthpiece, got in, did his one or two little moves to behind the thing for fun, whatever, but to legitimately put him in a team where you have two good wrestlers and him against three solid wrestlers, he's not up to their strength. But that, he's not that, up to their size. That,
2: that's almost uh, what it looks like when they come out. Like, he's on like either Luchasaurus' shoulders or young boy's mm-hmm. shoulders, it looks like he's like he, he's playing manager
0: role. When they yeah, and I think I think that uh, I think he'd be better served because you knew it. Looking at this match when they walked in, you knew there was no way in hell that uh, that these guys were really going to lose. With like that, Marco stunt was really not going to be the problem of the match. That he wasn't going to get his ass handed to him. They like throwing him around that ring a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, sure they get the win at the end, but it just he really takes. I don't know about you guys, but it takes it out for me. When this really tiny guy is the guy who consistent, it's like Hornswoggle being on your third <laughs> member of your team. Or that – they used to have that little, little Mexican horned guy, Torito or whatever. El Torito. They were fun. They were cool to look at. But you knew they couldn't really wrestle against big guys. So, am I wrong now, there, guys?
1: Now, let me ask you this. Do you yeah. think Marco's stunt purpose is – serve as a legitimate wrestler or is he more so there to serve as a prop for the opposing teams to look, I guess, in a sense when, you know, tossing him around and executing him on.
0: Yeah, but then aren't you really just setting yourself up as an enhancement guy or you're making your team the jobber team because you're just there to make the other teams look good? That's my problem with him. If you're going to put him with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who are awesome wrestlers who don't, who should be out there dominating and being those guys... Do they really need the third guy who makes other people look good? That's what I'm saying. That's a legitimate contender.
1: Yeah, and and, 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 and I'm glad that you mentioned that because his presence could, you know, uh, uh, deplete the value of their legitimacy as contenders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know Maybe they could revise his role and have him serve as a Bill Alfonso of sorts. Yeah. But he's that annoying manager that, Get involved in match matches and you know proves to be a thorn in the side of whoever the opponents are. So I'm thinking maybe maybe in a Bill of Bell Alfonso type of role for the give him, a, give him a whistle.
0: No, do not give him a
1: whistle. <laughs> oh
2: God! <laughs> <laughs> who get carried away then?
0: <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the next match. Best friends versus Ugh. the butcher and, uh, oh, and the blade. The Le- I'm going to start this one. I'm going to start off with this one. Okay.
1: Um,
0: it's no secret that I'm not a very big fan of Chucky e. T. Okay. I do not believe he believe he deserves to be in the AEW. I don't think he's that good of a wrestler. I think he devalues the team of best friends. I don't think he's that good. He, I think Trent is a much better wrestler than him and he should find a better partner. Um, I am really saddened by how they treat how they treat Butcher and the Blade. I mean, these guys look cool. They should be out there, maybe not winning, but they should be kicking ass every week, not made to look like fools, which they have been way too many times, been made to look like fools. Um, and them losing this week, and as they've lost like how many times in a row now?
2: And they gave them so much to work with uh, at, um, in that battle royal.
0: Yeah, the battle royal was the first time I saw them look good in a long time. And then this just pushed them down even further. So, at this rate, I—how can you even look at them as any kind of legitimate? Scary. They never win. They never follow through with the beatings. They always get tricked out of a win. The butcher and the blade are obviously not working.
2: Last time we <laughs> saw, last the bunny was at uh, fighter fest against uh, the against Sliba Bates.
0: and what do you think, man?
1: Um what's bothersome about that is Bunny, I'm sorry, Butcher and the Blade were built as Hitman. Yeah. My, uh, Hitman, or Hitman or Hitman is a man or a group of men that are able to take out anybody upon call. And, and I guess in the wrestling sense, whether they win or lose, they still end up on top because after the match, no matter what the result is, they're going to do something to send a message yeah. to let it know that they are Hitman. And I haven't seen anything that just that Butcher and Blade are hitmen outside of them taking an envelope Mark Young Bucks from MJF. But as far as setting that tone and, you know, setting that precedent that says they are hitmen and they're going to take out whoever it is they have their sights on, I haven't really seen that from them yet. Um, And that match as a whole to me, considering the two teams and, you know, how – you know, solid they are as workers. The match was just bland for me. It was just, uh, yeah. you know, it didn't thing for me. And if I can ask, I know I may sound a little outdated or primitive in this regard, yeah. but I remember Trent, once upon a time, was with Rocky Romero, Rapunky Vice. Yes. What? Yeah. And yeah. how come they didn't translate over to AEW? Because you know, I'm looking at Chucky e. Taylor. I'm like, okay. Who's this guy? Where's Rocky Romero? So what in the world happened that thing?
0: Well, Rocky Romero is, because um, I follow New Japan so hard, uh, yeah. he, he loves to spend more time in Japan. Okay, And uh, he also doesn't compete very much. He only okay. wrestles occasionally because he's just feeling like at his age that he, he, he kind of, well, the, he did a whole thing where he sort of retired Roppongi uh, Vice and then brought in Roppongi uh, Three. Uh, the new his new team uh, Sho and Yo yep. as yeah. their manager so he's kind of passing the torch and yeah um, Trent Barrett it was supposed to be Trent Barrett's chance to go move on to heavyweight and unfortunately that experiment didn't last too long in New Japan because he got hurt and so then he ends up at AEW and uh, he'd been independently he, him and Chucky e. T had been doing this best friends hugging gimmick thing across the indies and i'm sorry but there are things that you see in the indies that when you see on tv you look and you go that's so indie and that whole hugging thing that is just so indie
2: yeah i like first saw um, chuck taylor you uh, know
0: in jpw yeah so um okay uh, so am i am i being unfair about chuck chuck taylor or do you guys think that no, I'm, I'm being no, a little mean here no, not,
2: not a fan. i don't like Chuck Taylor. i've never been a fan
1: I, I, I mean, I've seen the worst in Chuck Taylor, but it is evident to me that Chuck carries that team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little surprised. Uh, there was a comment uh, of somebody said about uh, uh, reading your column uh, this week. And, yes, <laughs> uh, at, at the uh, Liberated does, in fact, do a weekly column on uh, AEW.
2: I saw this uh, comment after.
0: <laughs> and the comment had a lot of interesting things, including the guy saying that he thought – that the best friends were future tag team No, chefs. no. What?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I just sort of, after I banged my face into a wall a few times, I um, tried to wake up and try and understand what the hell I was reading. No, I, I do not agree with that point of view. That's somebody's point of view. Fine. Maybe you see something that I don't, but I I do not see best friends i see uh trent Beretta and somebody else being tech team champions right but i don't see uh Brett, trent Beretta and uh chucky taylor being uh yeah. no don't see it sorry <laughs> but yes folks this is a good time to plug every week there is the literary aew point of view from uh at uh that comes out every week i have started a column of uh mlw weekly and mm-hmm. we're just going to tell you guys now, the other guys at POV don't even know this, but as of tomorrow, Elio Canelo will be putting out his first NXT UK weekly column. So all three of us will have a weekly column talking about one of the shows that we all get together and talk about.
2: And you can, find, you can follow us at Wrestling POV Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Wrestling POV1 and on Twitter at Wrestling POV. see
1: at WPO. Here at WPOV Global, we're giving you visuals as well as audio to cover everything you need to know about independent wrestling.
0: Yep. That is that is correct. Now, you know what? Uh, let's get back into the AEW show. Um, now, we're coming into the third match after we had uh, Pac versus Omega. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I, I've started to notice this trend that all three of these matches so far have been kind of bland because the first match had so much going on. So many crazy moves, so many false finishes. It's starting to feel that like the other matches were kind of like nah. And mm-hmm. here we get into a match which was pretty much the same. The four women, uh, the four way women's match. Okay. Uh, this match. Mm. We've got you okay, Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. Yep, Big Swole. Hey, you said that I, I know I can't believe I said <laughs> and Hikuro Shida. Facing each other. Shida, yep. A four way match. Uh, Elio. What did you think of this match? Uh,
2: you know, for me, this match, I found it kind of boring. I mean, Sakazaki uh, looked like she was confused uh, during most of the match, especially uh, that one part where the, um, Shanna, Shida, and um, Big Soul cool. were doing the triple test of strength, and uh, Sakazaki was just standing in the corner like, what do I do? Do I do I break it up now or, you know?
0: Okay. And overall, what did you think of the match?
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, just kind of boring, just bland. All
0: right, and
1: Got to agree with Elio, it was a bit botchy, um, it was bland, and you know, it fell short of expectations. I've seen them all perform well individually. I know AEW's women division hasn't been anything to run home about, but in their in the, in the individual, what matches up the four women that I've seen, uh, they all have performed well, but for whatever reason, when they all came together in this fatal four-way, it just didn't jump off the page
0: as I hope it would. I got to agree. I mean, on paper, this should have been a very interesting match. I mean, the wrestling for the the winner of this match gets to be the next contender for whoever holds the uh, women's belt after the upcoming pay-per-view. So you'd think this would be, uh, I don't know, more desperation, <laughs> more of a work Absolutely. trying to go in there, and it wasn't. Um, I got to admit, Big Swole, man, she is a beast athletically in there. The way she kicks around, I give her that. But green and very awkward. Um, Shanna, Shanna, who I I usually enjoy a lot, just Mm -hmm. didn't seem to have Mm -hmm. the heart in it this week. Um, Yuka Sakazaki, now, I talked about her last week, and I said I enjoyed watching her when when she got her tooth knocked out and stuff. And I said I liked her look, Uh, I like some of the things about her, but Man, she looked the greenest in this match in the world. There were so many times where she just kind of stood off to the corner.
2: Yeah she, was
0: yeah, she looked like she wasn't sure what she was supposed to do in this match. You know? And I guess the big push now will be for Hikaru Shida. And, man, she is bland. Bland, bland, bland. And yeah. I just – she's the new, she wins the match. She becomes the number one contender. And it's basically like, yeah, so what? <laughs> either nyla rose or chris stradlander is going to kill her so <laughs> what, what point was that <laughs> there's no there's nothing that came out of that match that made you go all right the women's division is turning a corner no it, it was just a bit of a yep. letdown down there and uh let, let's move on now to uh now this is the weird part i, I guess um okay antoine why don't you go into uh the weigh-in I know. I, I, I read your column, and I know how you feel about this. I'd like your opinion on this, because I, I, my opinion is very different on this. Um, tell me what you thought about this whole weigh-in thing and the stuff that happened.
1: Um, it was evident that AEW was trying to bring about a different feel mm-hmm. uh, in reference to you know, selling their main event. Usually there's a contract signing when it comes to a heavyweight championship match. AEW wanted to go the boxing slash mixed martial arts route with the weigh-in. You know, Moxley comes in and he gets on the scale. His weight is announced. Jericho comes in doing Jericho things and being a heel and, you know, trolling the crowd and talking trash with Moxley. Mm -hmm. Pretty much stalling. And so it looks like Moxley was tired of the stalling. He goes for a headbutt uh splits jericho open the inner circle jumps him and then we see we see dustin Rhodes come out to go after his revolution opponent jake hager we then see darby allen come out to attack whoever he came with the skateboard but the skateboard is eventually broken and you know the inner circle is able to turn him away and then Jericho pretty much closed the segment out by um, hitting Moxley with the paradigm shift onto the scale, there would have been a lot of, I guess, voids in reference to building the pay-per-view because that was one thing that I was looking for in this go-home show Mm -hmm. was the building of pay-per-view. While we had some decent matches, I felt like it lacked in really being a -hmm. typical go-home show, especially considering this is your first pay-per-view in 3 months you had a sufficient amount of time to build it and i'm like you all did well in the second and third week of the month going into the pay per view and now literally the show a few days before the pay per view you fall short in really building it in a manner that says oh yeah evolution is a must buy
0: okay fair enough elio what was what, oh wait, first hold on though at the last question i want to ask yeah. the whole setup uh-huh. In the end, did it work for you? Was this segment, did the segment work for you or did it fall flat or was it just in mid-between?
1: Um, It was okay. It didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I hope, I mean, it was good. It did mm-hmm. qualify as one of my goods, but it didn't blow me away. And I think maybe because there might have been a little bit too much time wasted in Jericho's you know, hill life Behavior with the trolling of the crowd mm-hmm. and the time that he wasted in actually getting on the scale. Because so I'm like, it's called a weigh-in. So to me, a weigh-in suggests both combatants are going to weigh in and provide their official weight. We need to get Jericho's weigh-in. So, oh,
0: that is true. All right, Elio,
1: it was. Oh yeah, uh, for me, um,
2: it was a. Uh, for me, did not really work. Out. For me, it was just AEW's creative, a more creative way for these two guys to get at each other before the big match at Revolution.
0: Okay. I know for me, I struggled with this. Is I, I remember being back in the days where WCW and uh, WWE were, or WWF at the time, were on each channel at the same time. Yep. And you'd switch back and forth to see which was happening. And it started getting to the point where every week, Uh, WCW would end with some kind of weird angle that just built and built and you were hoping for something and nothing really happened and you walked away going well that was a waste I would rather I should have just kept it on WWE and watched the match that was going on on the other thing you know this person comes in then someone else comes in to
2: attack the one who came in before them then another one comes in it's like oh
0: it's WCW I, I guess the problem I had with this is why now would they do a weigh-in after all the other matches they've had? They've never done this. This isn't even, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, where was it when Cody uh, took on uh, Jericho? Why wasn't there a weigh-in then? Um, and it, it took forever. It kept going. And I, yeah, I loved when uh, Moxley headbutted him. That looked really cool. It looked realistic. <laughs> um, when Jake, Jake, Hager and uh, Dustin Rose were fighting and they go up into the audience and they go up into the part where there's like vendors and stuff. Yeah. The
2: concession stand. Yep.
0: Now, this is the part where I said that JR, uh a, a, an announcer, a good announcer will, will uh, build you up and make, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to take turds and shine them to make them look like gold, right? Mm-hmm. The worst thing, though, is to start talking, mocking things where you're kind of mocking what's going on. And then Jr. is like, oh, my God, not into the dipping dots. And it was just like he came off like he was just laughing at what was going on. Like to him, this was, a, you know, not even anything to take serious. <laughs> oh, my God, not the. You know, and it's stuff like that that kind of bothers me. Is because this is your go home show. You're supposed. To, these guys are in an, a match. They're going to try and kill each other, but you're laughing at the fact yeah. they're fighting near the the, the dots. And I, I think that really threw it off for me for a minute. That just made it like, oh come on, you know. Um, yeah. It it didn't work for me in the sense that it was it went on too long. And I and I like I said, I really think if they had moved this this whole Joe would have benefited more had the main event been. Pete, Park and Omega. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and you know what, guys, we did, we skipped the one thing is that, that interview. That oh, one. yes. Sit down interview oh, with the box there, and Can I, guys.
1: Add yes. this? So, the, the part where they had former WCW Gary Michael Capetta come <laughs> <Yeah>. out. So, <laughs> announced the commanders, and, you know, Jericho trolling him and the gym yeah. about, you know, of the reasons why WCW is no longer in business, <laughs> um, that 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 line saved it. But I, you know, that part of the segment. But I, I honestly felt like just Robert or Tony Schiavone could have yeah. announced the combatants to get on a, a scale, and it would have, you know, carried the same impact. Like I real, I feel like Capetta really didn't do.
0: Anything I was confused
2: by that. Like why uh, they brought him out, yeah.
0: right? Well, yeah and i think you're right and i think the only reason that it was there is to get that line and that's kind of ridiculous to bring somebody from the past so you can get in one joke <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, that just seems right. a little bit right. excessive <laughs> yeah. um yeah. okay before we end this let's talk about that interview they had a sit-down interview where jim ross talks with the young bucks and omega and Paige about their upcoming match basically boils down to the young bucks going on kind of making fun of uh, Paige in a way, calling him a jobber, saying they can't believe these guys actually won the belt. Uh, meanwhile, um, Paige making it very clear that his belt means more to him than being part of the elite. And Kenny Omega sort of looking lost in the whole thing. He's uh, kind of going, oh, I, I don't know. And Joe sure chair, well. chair was like, well,
2: you look nervous there, Paige. Why are you, why are you fidgeting? <laughs> 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 you can tell page and Page just want to be there
0: Yeah it, I don't know uh, My prediction of course has always been that I think that Kenny Omega is going to turn on the Young Bucks and I'm going to revise it I think that Kenny go. Omega will turn on the, the Young Bucks and that Adam Page will kind of go fuck it I'm in <laughs> You know, he's not even going to – he's had enough of the Young Bucks bullshit, too. He's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think right. of this interview, Matt, To me,
1: it came up like a bunch of schoolyard arguing. Um, you know, the Young Bucks saying, well, you know, you were a jobber before we thought you into the Bullet Club. And Paige, you know, being frustrated with the young Bucks. Taking it like which is a you know legitimate frustration because yeah. every time Omega and Paige, we see the young bucks. I mean, it's clear that you know you all are out to get to take changes You yeah. get to take changes, but why is it you all have to be seen in every segment with Omega and Paige? And I like that Paige is playing up the frustration, if you will, but I feel like with all of the tension that these two teams have and, and you know, with every interaction that has gone on with them, and with this being the go-home show, you mean to tell me that the, uh, I guess, peak of this interaction was Paige once again getting up and storming off set? There's no physical altercation, no running, no melee, nothing. It's just, all right, we have a bunch of friends that are arguing, and we'll see you, son, uh, Saturday night.
0: <laughs> I'll fly for you. Okay, and Ant, I got to know. who is. Do you have a prediction of a turn this weekend? Is there going to be a turn? And if so, who? I think there is going to be a turn. Um,
1: I think the Young Bucks are going to win the Tag Team Championships as a result of Paige having enough of Omega not, you know, Standing firm as to which side he's on, and Page is mm-hmm. the turn on Omega, causing them to lose the belts to the Bucks. That's okay. what i think. Mm-hmm. Point. All right, Elliot, what although did you think I of like oh, the turn that you mentioned? I love the <laughs> turn that you mentioned on last week, but I just feel like Omega still hasn't made up his mind as to where his priorities are. So I think Paige okay. is heading him to it. This yeah, week. I'm
0: sticking with Paige. You're sticking with Paige as the turn. Yeah. Do you know what, guys? As much as I love the Omega thing, and I'm going to stick with it. After watching that interview, okay. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, the young bucks are going to turn to get their belts back and be dicks now. Oh. Because, oh, you're mm. a jobber, Paige. <laughs> you're this. But well, I'm like, oh my god, these guys are acting like heels. <laughs> I can't
2: believe like they actually said that. Like, you were a jobber in our week. Like,
0: wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is acting, that's got to sting a little. <laughs> All right. So overall, Let's rate this show on our regular uh, school rating of A plus being 100%, A being pretty darn good, B getting there, C kind of middle of the road, D kind of sucking, E or F a failure. And what would you give this week's show? Um,
1: I give the show a C. And, again, I, 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 I think what keeps the show at that point great, if you will, is the in ring product. I mean, outside of the best butcher and blade and full women's tag match, I enjoyed every match that okay. was offered. But what brings the show down and keeps it from getting the high market that it should have gotten as a go home show, um, you have the dark order and they give their vignette about how they're gonna, you know, battle SCU and revolution mm. and, and how. The exalted one, you know, could show up. But we see no running of sorts between those two teams. Mm-hmm. The probably biggest rivalry on the card outside of Jericho and Moxley, Cody Rhodes and MJF, they're not even seen. Um, yeah. There was a good package, but yes, there wasn't, I, I, I they weren't there. Like they, yeah, it was a good package, but I'm like, you know, the video package was great, but I just feel like the go-home show, the show before the pay-per-view, yeah. there needs to be – something to elevate rivalries and draw us in as fans to make the pay-per-view a must-watch. And I felt like AEW, you know, in a couple of areas, dropped the ball. Same thing with Tyler Rose and Chris Statlander. That's your women's Mm -hmm. title match. It's bad enough that we really didn't have much of a build for that match anyway. But Mm -hmm. with the limited time that you do have between that one, Revolution, neither of them are in the building and you don't, you know, have them around to help Elevate or build that match. So I just felt like AEW dropped the ball in a few instances where they had a chance to further build and promote the pay
0: per view, and they didn't. Okay. Elio, what are you going to give this week? Show?
2: I'm giving this one a C. This was a middle of the road show. It felt a little unbalanced this week. a, ma- a match like that to, with PAC and Omega putting it at the beginning that should have been at the end of the, of the show. Everything uh, like in between was just on, uh, all over the place.
0: Okay. I'm going to give it a C, and I agree with you guys. Um, if you're going to put a match like that at the beginning of the show, then make the next matches just as exciting, at least. Yeah. Which they weren't.
2: Although, um, although it was a better show than AEW Dark. Anytime, time uh, it's better show than
0: AEW Dark that's brutal oh, I'm
2: looking at the matches for AEW Dark next Tuesday night no yeah
0: no, it's, <laughs> AEW Dark I don't even bother anymore we're not even gonna
2: do it that's why I just like I just like to compare the two shows I like, just see like I'm just curious to see the matches that they have on Dark.
0: no I, 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 I don't even watch it
2: I just read it online
0: no Elio you're just the kind of guy who likes to lift up the band-aid every now and then and pour salt on someone's hand <laughs> that's the only explanation for bringing up AEW Dark
2: I'm sure you're mistaken
0: (laughs) I'm sure I am I'm
2: doing my I'm my job
0: Guys, here we go now. Let's take a really quick look. At Let's go over uh, the lineup for the pay per view. Give okay. our quick takes on this. What we think. Who's going to go over? Who's going to win? Let's start off. Of course, the announcement of Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Um, you, who wants to start this one off? Ant, do you want to start? What you? Th- what do you think? Who's going to win this match, and why? Um, I'm going with Pac
1: to win the match. Um, I think that if you're going to have Pack, I guess, don't on a losing streak, I don't think you perpetuate it with on Cassidy, especially a wrestler who we get to see show what he can do in the ring. Now, I haven't seen him to work prior to A.W. Maybe y'all, you know, research that between now and Saturday night, but mm-hmm. eight, but Cassidy, as I know him, I don't think he has enough, based on what i am seen, to, you know, send Pac on a two-match losing streak. My hope is that we do see some legitimate wrestling from him but all with packed to get the win. all right Elio
2: Kim okay, go with orange Cassidy
1: okay explain why
2: mm. um like Ken said uh, up to now we've only seen uh, this uh quote lazy version of, of him like with mm-hmm. like just hanging around with his hands in his pocket and just like doing the kicks at the shin so uh, I want to see what uh, he does uh, in, in his uh, first singles match, so that's my okay. uh, reason for going with Orange Cassidy.
0: All right. Um, I debated back and forth about this. You know, like me, I always try and think of what's the the Booker view of this, what's what's uh, the backstage idea here. <coughs> it went back and forth. Um, in the end, I, uh, I'm going to go with Pac to win, but I think we are finally going to see some legitimacy out of Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm thinking he he might be at the saturation point now where how much more... I I mean, none of us get it, okay? Obviously, we're not in the age group that loves Orange Cassidy, but it's there. You hear the chants. You see the people dress like him. You see people wearing his T-shirts. People seem to dig his goofy shit, okay? But how long can that last, really? Um, This is a good chance that Pac can legitimize him as a wrestler. Sure, Pac will still take the win, But you know that whole, you know, you still look better in a loss? I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Orange Cassidy loses, but I think he's going to come out of here looking like a legitimate wrestler. And for those of you who are wondering, he was trained by Mike Quackenbush. He has competed in Shakara for years. The guy can wrestle. He's only been doing this lazy-ass gimmick for probably the last year or so. Okay? So moving on. Here's an interesting one. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Who do you pick on this one, Elio? I'm going with Darby Allen. Darby Allen and why?
2: Because um he's the one that uh, got taken out by Sammy Guevara with the skateboard to the throat. He just came back. He's looking for payback against Guevara.
0: All right. And
1: um I think I'm gonna go with Allen as well, only because, you know, in recent run-ins with Guevara, as Elio stated, uh Guevara has gotten the uh, upper hand on him. I think it's time for Allen to exact revenge, and I will say this, if indeed A-N-W, AEW, or once AEW gets to a place where they implement a secondary singles belt like U.S. or a television title, mm-hmm. these are two of the guys that that division should build around. I definitely see them having a future as a secondary title.
0: Okay. Uh, I, you know what, guys? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Sammy Guevara for one reason. Yes, Darby Allen is the better wrestler. In most sense, the most popular one, and you know, Guevara is awesome. Guevara can't afford to lose here. There's no doubt about that. However, mm-hmm. the more I think about it, Darby Allen is a hardcore wrestler, so why not have Guevara and the other members of Inner Circle Cheetah win out here to later on to build up to maybe a cage match or a a kind of match where Guevara can't run away or can't have outside interference. Mm-hmm. I think the money here is to build this a little longer, not to just end this now. I think the smarter money is Alan takes a questionable loss. Guevara takes the win, and this feud goes on a little bit longer and a little more dangerous. All right, Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. I'm going to start off this one. Um, I think Jake Hager has to win. If he doesn't win this match, he just looks like a big dummy who just stood around for a long time and did nothing. Dustin Come on, the guy's made. He can lose every match for the rest of his career. People are still going to love him. I don't think he loses anything by not winning this match, so I'm going to go with Jake At
1: Jake Hager is definitely in need of a win and you know without without a win he's nothing more than a mute servant for Chris Jericho. We have seen Dustin Rhodes win uh, we that Dustin Rhodes can still go at the age of, what, 53, 54 years old, uh, we need to see something from Hager that legitimate. I mean, we know what he can do on the strength of his WWE work, but the question is, you know, we. the question is, can that translate into AEW? Is he still a decent worker, or has he maybe lost a step or two as a result of, you know, his gaps between WWE and AEW, so I want to see what he can do, and my hope is that he can get over in this one. All right. Elio.
2: I'm going with Jake Hager. I I, I think Justin Rhodes can afford to lose this match.
0: Okay, so it looks like that's a solid, all three of us picking that one. AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose versus Chris Stratlander. Uh, (laughs) Elio, Elio, who are you picking here?
2: As much as I want to see Chris Stratlander win, I'm going to have to go
1: another Rose. She just won the belt. I don't see them taking it off her like this soon. All right. And? I'll have to echo Elio's words. I can't see them taking the belt off of Nyla so soon. Maybe around double or nothing, Mayish, but right now she just got the belt. I can't see them taking it off of her right away.
0: Okay. okay. Um, I want... Everyone knows I love Chris that, yep. that's, that's a given. However, there's a few things going into this match that I know that make it a little bit hard. First of all, why wasn't Chris Stratlander on this week's AEW? Well, she's suffering from the flu. She had to uh, actually cancel three performances and this week's because of her uh, status there. So we still don't even know if she was 100% going into this match on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It says she is, but it's the flu. Who knows? Second of all, there is the point. You guys are right. You just give the belt to Nyla Rose. Pretty rare, unless you're New Japan, that you give a belt to somebody and take it away on their first title defense. That usually doesn't happen ever. And the third thing, the one thing that bothers me the most, that conference call I talked about I referenced earlier with Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. last week when he was asked about the women's division, he started saying about how there were so many great women in the women's division. And he named Nyla Rose, and he named Riho and Britt Baker, and he named a bunch of women. You know who he didn't once say anything about, despite the fact she's been the most popular wrestler for him for a while? That's the not, not a word was said about Chris Statlander at all. That made me go, okay, the fans love her, but obviously – How is Bert Baker
2: better than Chris Statlander?
0: I don't know. But in the mind of Cody, Cody Rhodes, he has her on the map and not Chris. So unfortunately, I don't think this is Chris's time. Um, I'm hoping – to be honest, this is way too soon for this. I mean, there was no buildup to this. Chris Strattlander is too much of a, a good wrestler to waste in this. This should have been where they had the chick who won today's match go on to fight for the pay-per-view. That nice. would have made a little more sense. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to go with Nyla Rose. Tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page taking on the Young Bucks. <laughs> and who walks away with the belts? As mentioned earlier,
1: I have Page turning on Omega, thus causing the Young Bucks to win the Sounds
0: good. Elio? Yep. yep. Young Bucks. And you have Paige turning on.
2: Yeah, and Paige turning on Omega.
0: Okay. Now, uh, I still, I, I've been talking about the, the uh, Omega turn on the Young Bucks. Uh, yeah. However, no matter what happens in this, I guarantee you the Young Bucks are going to win the belts. There is still the secondary idea that the Young Bucks turn on Paige and Omega to steal those belts. Either way, the Young Bucks are coming out with the championship belt. All right, Cody versus MJF. Mm. and Cody versus MJF who wins this match
1: I think MJF um, if my memory serves me correctly Cody is undefeated pay-per-view single matches mm-hmm. and if they are really behind MJF as being a top tier heel with Chris Jericho
0: I-, I-, I think you have to give MJW Weird, okay. Uh, I just want to throw. Did not uh, Cody lose to Chris Jericho on the pay per view for the belt? That make, That being his only loss. Say, I much. just want to clarify. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. okay.
1: So, I, so I say all that to say, with that being his only loss, I feel like Cody can suffer another loss, and I don't think it hurts okay.
0: much. Okay. Elio, who who wins this match?
2: Uh, I'm going with Cody. You're going with Cody.
0: Okay, and why?
2: Um, well, um, he, he's uh, been wanting to get his hands on MGF. He said he, he was going to do anything He get his hands on MGF And uh, he did uh, he the 10 lashes on TV. He had a steel cage match. So he went through every one of uh, MGF's stipulations. Finally, he gets his match. So I think he's going to get the win.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with MJF. For the simple fact, is exactly what you said, but Cody has always been willing. He's been willing to lose the belt to uh, Chris Jericho. He's been willing to take 10 lashes. He's been willing to build mm-hmm. other wrestlers to a top tier. I think uh, MJF's time is coming, but I don't think it's yet. I think this is a hot feud that can go on longer. I think, once again, MJF uses some kind of maybe Wardlow or some reason to, to, to keep the win, but I think that Cody gets screwed out of the win here. And uh, this just continues this feud hotter. And finally, the main event: Chris Jericho putting his belt up against John Moxley, Elio. Who comes out champion here? I'm going with Jericho. Going with Jericho. Mm. And reason uh he's the champion fans just
2: seem to <laughs> fans just seem to uh, love the guy i mean every time he comes out they're always singing along with his entrance theme they're always uh, chanting, chanting no matter how crappy he treats them
0: they keep cheering him like an abusive boyfriend I Keep coming back. <laughs> no, <I can't. laughs> and who's winning this
1: I have gone back and forth and, 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 and I've deliberated over this match time and time and time again. I want to believe that it'll be Moxley because he is the, I guess, modern day stone Cold, if you will. He's mm-hmm. white. of so being the hero, mm-hmm. um, the crowd loves him. But how many here can stake claim to the fact that are singing your song as <laughs> you Sabrina. I don't know too many heels that I was I, I was
2: singing along with Jericho's
1: theme yeah
2: on Wednesday
1: night. <laughs> 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 I mean Jericho is is at age fifty he's white hot right now and, and uh, you know I know AEW has said they don't want to do things that WWE does. I mean earlier we saw Goldberg you know, become champion again at his age Bray yeah. Wyatt. So in a sense you do have that WWE element going, but I mean with Jericho, there is I guess justification for it, especially when you have arenas singing your song every time an appearance. I think Jericho retains, and I say that reluctantly because I do want to see Moxley win, but I Jericho retains and I'ma actually throw an extra caveat in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Jericho do things try to throw Moxley off, uh, uh, stop him from getting to where he is. This might be the spot where we see the debut of Lance Hoyt. Okay, helping Jericho, you know, and in getting involved on Jericho's behalf and helping him retain the belt. Okay, okay. Uh,
0: guys, can you guess who I'm gonna pick? <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know this. You one. know who I'm gonna <laughs> go. I know this one. I am going to pick John Moxley for the win. Okay, for the, simple at- reason, for the simple reason is this, okay? I think Chris Jericho has built himself up to such a red-hot character and property with the inner circle even. He doesn't need the belt anymore. He can just be an ass. And, 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 and I think right now, this is the chance to give to the fans. Moxley is the hottest babyface right now. People freaking love this guy no matter what he does. So maybe it's the chance now we reward him with the belt. Give him a bit of a run with it. And uh, Jericho could still do all his crazy bullshit and all his uh, underhanded stuff. And it doesn't really hurt him whether he's the champ or not. He could still call himself the undefe- the uncrowned the champion. He could come out with his million-dollar belt or whatever, the inner circle belt. I don't know, but I think the chance now is for uh, Moxley to, to take the belt. And uh, that's my prediction. All right. So you know what, guys? Uh, we got coming up this weekend, the AEW revolution. I believe our good friend Elio is going to post something on the page soon, a little preview uh, of the up. upcoming action for that. So keep your eyes on that. Keep your eyes uh, on tomorrow for the uh, NXT UK report from Elio. Don't forget every – I guess is, is it every what, – what, yours comes out every Thursday, right? Yes, sir. AEW, uh, the AEW report, and every Monday the MLW report. So hopefully we can get you guys a little up to snuff on all of the independent wrestling stuff that's hot. Hey, TJ, can I interject real quick? Sure, why not?
1: There is one match that we overlooked, but I wouldn't say it's any fault of our own because it was officially announced last night. Um, Dark Order, Evil Uno with versus oh, Yeah, you're right. right.
0: You're yes. right. You're right. And I uh, even had
1: it on this list here.
0: Okay. Uh, well, let's quickly go on that. Uh, Elio, what do you think? SCU versus Evil Order. Dark Order, or, Dark, or, Dark Order. As much,
2: much as I hate them, with Dark Order.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Ant?
1: My heart says SCU, but my business mind says Dark Order, especially with the eventual unveiling of the Exalted One. Oh,
2: I love how Matt Hardy has so much fun on Twitter. He, with his latest one, Dear Dr. RKO,
0: which right. Oh, what if it's Lance Archer who's the, the exalted one? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever thought of that. <laughs> um I think that the Dark Order has to win. If they don't win, man, they're even worse off than, than Butcher and the Blade. They're even a worse joke than those guys. Uh, they have to win this. Yep. Um I think SCU has fallen into uh, they're happy to be a really solid fun team who puts over other teams. I think they've kind of accepted that accepting that role right now. Mm. and they're they're all older wrestlers they've all had great careers except for scorpio scorpio yeah. hasn't had as long as a run as those guys but uh yeah so good call thanks Ed. i'm totally totally forgot about that match no worries so guys uh we're gonna take a break right now when we come back we're gonna look at uh, mlw nxt uk talk a tiny bit of new japan and uh well at thanks for joining us this week you are always yeah, welcome thanks. to even come into the second segment with us anytime you want to play around with a little wrestling news. So uh, thank you for all your things this week, and I look forward to reading your column and Elio's column next week. Thank you once
1: again for having me, gentlemen. I look forward to reading your columns as well as eventually jumping in to discuss other promotions outside of AEW. I'll definitely let you know when we can bring that to fruition. Excellent. All right, so uh, fans,
0: let's take a quick break. hey global wrestling fans welcome back from a break Keith elio yes sir did you know that you could get some pretty cool swag involving wrestling pov i heard about that yes there are four count them four cool designs of t-shirts wow. that you can get from pro wrestling tees that are all about wrestling pov podcast
2: very cool
0: very cool so check them out folks look up pro wrestling, tees backslash wrestling POV check out our store. You're going to see the four t-shirts that are involved. Hey, we're one of the funnest podcasts out there. Get those shirts on. And you know what? You guys start buying those shirts. You start, start throwing in your demands. You want a global shirt, that cool ass logo we have. Maybe you want Elio's face. I don't know why you'd want that, but maybe you want Elio's face. By (laughs) By all means, write in, demand it. We can, we're here to give you fans what you want. Um, Another thing I want to say is, folks, we are getting on Facebook, one of my favorite, I mean, maybe I'm an old man or whatever, and I love Facebook. Uh, you don't become a legend by being young. Um, you, uh, the Facebook is, we are getting close to 5,000 uh, subscribers, likes. So you know what, fans? Get out there. Like this show, man. Come on. Get your friends like it. Get grandma. Trick grandma into liking it. Trick grandpa into liking it. Uh, get out there. Help us build the show bigger, because the more we build it bigger, the more we can do, the more houses we can reach, the more things we can do, the more we're there for you fans. Mm-hmm. And before we get started into the second half of our show, let's also talk about Wrestling POV. Wrestling POV is our sister show, which can be found on the same great networks that you'll find this show on. And those networks include uh, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio. Podbean, and yes you can even find us here on uh, the facebook we're all over the place folks look us up we uh you can listen to us in very different uh, places all the same quality all the great shows that sister show you'll find every saturday uh there are uh, four hosts and they cover everything that's WWE related. We mostly cover just uh, the indies, well, the top indies at least. They cover WWE. We cover all the other big things. And uh, they have a fun, great show. There are foursome that uh, they really have the Javier Stitches. Well, you, you learn a, a lot more about their point of views about professional wrestling. I mean, you've got the point of view of a former wrestler, the point of view of a super fan, the point of view of a woman, and the point of view of a puppet. So TJ arch enemy. me. <laughs> One of my many arch enemies, I think. I'm, I'm getting arch many, enemies left please. and right. How many do you have? I'm eyeballing you, Elio, as an arch enemy, so yeah, don't you, you laugh so much. Anyhow, anyhow, no, no, no. Anyhow, let's look at uh, this week's episode of NXT UK. first of all elio yes sir. what was your highlight of the show
2: okay Can so kidding. my highlight of uh, this week's show was can't believe i'm saying this because i've never really been a fan of this guy but joseph connors versus tyler bates yeah you i mean know what I, I mean i what? we i've been saying forever like how i'm not seeing with joseph connors he's so boring but you know what this this week, uh, he actually uh, showed something in this match. I really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to agree. You know, we've been down on Joseph Connor because he comes across as such a, uh, a dick bag, but um, you know what? He uh, it was a great match. first of all, let's face it. Anytime Tyler Bate is in a match, it's gonna be a great match. This guy, yeah. the guy's pretty phenomenal. He really knows how to. He really knows how to put on a show. He really knows how to wrestle. He's pretty exciting. Um, <coughs> Joseph Connor. I didn't know what to expect. And to be honest, I set the bar pretty low. Um, he actually performed quite well and uh, I enjoyed it. And for me, it would have been the top match, except there was another really good match on there too. And I'm going to have to also say my highlight of the week is going to have to be uh, Ilya Dragunov um, beating Joe Coffey.
2: Yep. And uh, that ending was uh, very cool. I really liked that ending where the all three of them gun ring. You thought they were all going to attack him instead uh Joe Coffey just stood over, over Dragonov and said the debt collected or yeah. payman, payments collected
0: now you know what we, we were kind of been a bit down on Gallus over the last little while especially with uh, Joe Coffey blaming Dragunov for losing the match saying mm-hmm. that uh, Dragunov owed him a debt and he kept attacking him and calling him out and all this yep. so that when he finally lost the match and what, what a great hard hitting match including that Moscow torpedo once again did you see Ilya yep. just throw that headbutt in there and yep. just crack him with it Um, Great match. Um, And like I said, that was a very – it actually brought Gallus back to a lot more legitimacy in my eyes when Joe Coffey standing over him saying, you know what, debt paid. We're done. You won, but, you know, you took a beating, I took a beating, debt paid. Really brought back Gallus a bit for me. We were hard last week about too much Gallus on one card. This brought it back. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, What was your low light of
2: this? Okay, first of all, Ginny.
0: Oh God! Jenny. Don't, don't,
2: don't, don't give her a mic. I mean, she's, she, she. I, I really didn't really see the point of that. She just stood up on that table or whatever and started cutting a promo or whatever. But uh, my other low light, as boring as we kept seeing Joseph Congress is, Noam Dar is really boring.
0: Wow, Noam Dar, what the hell happened to this guy? I <laughs> mean. Before so, he came to NXT, before he came to even WWE, he was a pretty exciting wrestler that I heard lots of cool things about coming out of UK news. And then we saw him in the uh, Cruiserweight classic. He had so much potential. Uh, he was actually not too bad in the beginning of uh, the two oh five live, but now he is yeah, such a man. boring joke.
2: So his match against Josh Morrell, I mean the other guy, I, I enjoyed the other guy a lot more no,
0: dar. yeah this was a case of where uh at the end of the match instead of noam dar coming out looking dominant and whatever this match made me want to know more about the other dude you know I, I i guess i'm just sick of noam dar's ridiculousness um no, apparently he's one guy, of those he's all yeah. flash and he can't back up his crap so
2: apparently this guy's like a new guy on the roster because uh, this is uh this is uh like i believe the second time we've seen him
0: okay yeah, I'm gonna have to say uh, Noam Dar is really—he's uh, kind of in the crapper for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, this this was a—it was an okay card. I mean, there wasn't, but uh, no, you know what? I'm gonna say it actually. I gotta say the Dragon off match really did good, and Tyler Bates was exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give this a B plus.
2: Yes, yeah, so I was just uh, thinking that uh, this one this was a really enjoyable show. I'm going with the B plus on this one.
0: All right. Uh, next, let's move over to MLW Fusion. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. First of all, let's go the other way. What was uh, one of the the, the, the bad lowlights for the show? Sure. <laughs> King Moe versus Dr. Dang. Oh, my God. King Moe. <laughs> this guy is going to give me a freaking aneurysm if I have to keep watching this. <laughs> He is freaking terrible.
1: He is.
2: Like, you know, you know how they always say, oh, Kofi Kingston is just a guy playing wrestler? hmm this, uh, this guy is actually doing that, King Mo.
0: Yeah, King Mo. I mean, Mo's- he's terrible.
2: Everything about him.
0: He comes off as really just a guy who's just out there pretending, you know, yeah. that he's he's put on the wrestling tights and dancing around like a like a jerk.
2: Where where, nope. where Kofi is actually is actually a wrestler.
0: Uh, gotta admit, yeah, I can't stand this guy. I really can't. Um, and he was almost my low light of the week, but for me, I'm gonna go with the main event. Was not really digging. Um, Ross Von Erich versus uh, Tom Lawler. Okay. Um, I think this match, uh, it once again illustrates to me that the Von Erichs just really aren't ready for main event status yet. Mm-hmm. They, they have a lot of work they need to do. Um, and Lawler really didn't come off as anything all that special. And having Dominic Guarini interfere so quickly into this match, it just nobody really came out of here looking all that great.
2: Lawler's up and down from week to week.
0: Yeah, you know, like, I, I get him and Greeny are getting these really funny um, little segments, you know, they're doing yeah. their little uh, whatever, what do they call that thing? Uh, filthy, 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 and it's actually made them funnier characters to make them more interesting to watch, but I think it their in-ring work right now is suffering a bit, and I'm not digging it as, as anything, and Lawler is not coming across as the legitimate badass we know he is. Mm-hmm. So you know that's a step back. So I'm I'm gonna have to say, um, yeah, this was definitely a low light for me. Okay. Uh, highlight. You have a highlight of the week. Um,
2: for me, it was uh, Douglas James and uh, Eric Stevens and uh, the Logan Creed uh, match.
0: Logan although, Creed. although, that name, ugh. Logan Creed. Oh my God! How is Marvel not suing MLW? For those of you who's wondering what who are comic book fans and wondering why comic book fans are getting really like throwing their arms up here. Um, In the comic books in Marvel comics, the character played uh, the character named Wolverine. His real name is Logan. His arch nemesis and biggest enemy is Sabretooth. Whose name is Victor Creed. Now this wrestler is calling himself Logan Creed. So I guess he's Wolverine Sabretooth or I, (laughs) it's just a poor choice of a name. But that being said, this guy's interesting. I mean, we were just complaining last week about how boring he is as Gorgon or whatever the heck he is yeah. and uh, now reinventing himself as Logan Creek. This guy's seven foot five. Is that what they said? He was Or seven. No seven feet. He's seven feet tall and he, he weighs like 300 pounds. I don't know. He's, he's a pretty big boy. He did that crazy um, dive over
2: the top rope.
0: Yeah. How many times do you see a seven foot tall yeah. man doing a over the rope plancha? Like, wow. Um, it was he he showed off pretty good. I mean, yeah, he was beating a big piece of crap named Moonshine Mantel. But but uh, he was interesting enough that I enjoyed I enjoyed this guy. Any relation but, to Dutch Mantel? Oh, only, <laughs> in wrestle, only in in occupation. <laughs> um, what I really liked about this match though, or what I really liked about this card, sorry, for me the highlight. And it's one of those ironic things. Eric Stevens defeating Douglas James. And what's funny about this, why I say ironic, is Eric Stevens came off as like, okay. But Douglas James, despite taking a great beating, really came off as someone I want to see more of. You know? He just showed a lot of heart, a lot of skill, a lot of determination out there. He kind of won me over. I want to see this dude wrestle more. Eric Stevens, whatever. He's... He didn't live up. You know, the Eric Stevens. They
2: they've been hyping up this guy like it was so much, and like you know, you know how when you when they hype uh, someone up, they come out, and then they're like, then you're like, oh, is that it? Yeah. What's a big deal?
0: Yeah, like Eric Stevens was okay. He wasn't horrible, but it was like you really for three weeks flogged the crap out of this guy, gave him time. And, really. <laughs> And speaking about you know what, speaking about um, packages and these kind of hype ups, it kind of annoys me that they're still playing Killer Cross um, promos, considering they have one match to show us by him, one match, and then we've seen three weeks now of Killer Cross, and we know there will be no other matches because he signed to NXT, or NXT. So, so, so I wonder
2: if it's going to be um not not uh, not this week, but the
0: week after, because they're doing their one hundredth show. I don't know what it's going to be, but I really think it's ridiculous to advertise the shit out of somebody who's only going to be there for one match and yeah. has no way of ever coming back. Uh, I think this would have been better. If I'd rather have seen low-key promos or Zenshi or, mm-hmm. hell, Dominic Greenie. I mean, <laughs> to see a guy that you know is not really going to be there, in a way, is advertising. So you know, yeah. not, I don't think that's cool. Overall, this week's card was like, um, it was okay. Uh, wasn't great. There was some problems. The, the Douglas James match and the Logan Creed match was was pretty good. I'm going to give it uh, a B minus. Okay, I'm going
2: to uh, go with I'm going to go with a C on this one. Okay, because it was a mixed bag here.
0: Okay, so uh, thinking about the three uh, cards we looked at this week, All that right. means um, so I'm guessing at- two points are going to go to NXT UK. So we'll
2: hold on, two NXT UK okay.
0: 1.2 MLW,
2: okay, and zero to AEW,
0: and a goose egg to AEW. So
2: that puts this uh, NXT UK has eleven, MLW has
0: seven,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and AEWs at four. Wow, AEW is going to start getting the shit together. <laughs> <laughs> now let's move over to New Japan. Uh, I quickly wanted to touch on. Uh, the new road to Japan things that were going on. There was a couple of events um, coming out of it. There was a few interesting things. The team of uh, the gorillas of destiny uh, losing their tag team belts, to the team that I wouldn't have guessed, uh, Tanahashi and Kota abushi I didn't even know yeah. these guys tagged very much, but they're the new tag team champions.
2: I like, but then uh, when uh, during one of the uh, other events, uh, I remember you. had told me whoever pins the champion, they get a type of
0: huge title shot. Right, right. So, you know what? Like, uh, they uh, they must have pinned back somewhere to get this title shot. But interesting enough, they win the belts, and then their new contenders uh, who will be going after them come out. The dangerous trekkers. Trekkers. Sorry, trekkers. The dangerous trekkers, the team of Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi. Could you find two bigger douchebags? Probably <laughs> not. You really think
2: Tai Chi and Zach Sabre Jr. have a chance of winning?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I honestly do. Zach Sabre Jr., as much as you can hate the guy, has a really interesting style of wrestling that. I mean, okay, I get Zach Sabre,
2: but, but we've been like, so on Tai Chi. I mean, this whole Yeah,
0: like, but Tai Chi has been crap for a long time, but the last four months he's kind of emerged as more of a tougher guy no yeah, more then, running away then,
2: then, then i remember like well this, this guy attacked and i even left him laying so yeah
0: yeah yeah so you know maybe this is time to repackage uh tai chi into being a little bit more of something you know what i mean um all in all um some it was a interesting match like i said uh gorillas destiny they seemed like the perennial winners but who knows they'll probably have that belt back in a couple months um, also of note was on day one of this uh, a terrific match for you fans to look up uh, Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> challenging <laughs> Shingo for the uh, over open weight title. This, talk match. About this match, man! It's the kind of match where you watch and you like think you could feel their teeth rattle. They're hitting <laughs> each other so freaking hard. Elio, what did you think of this match?
2: I love this match. I was like glued to the screen from beginning to end.
0: Yeah, you know, Ishii matches tend to be like that. So does Shingo matches, the two of them. And putting them together, holy crap, they beat each other like rented government mules.
2: What I, what I really can't stand is, uh, you know, when they do the chops and the whole crowd does a Ric Flair woo every time they do the chops.
0: You heard woos in the Japan one? I didn't No, no, woos. I
2: know. I'm just, No, I don't mean Japan, but I'm seeing like... Any,
0: oh, you're saying as wrestling fans. In yeah, in
2: general, it's just like,
0: yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's keeping the spirit of Ric Flair alive. <laughs> I, I, I've got nothing for you, buddy. i got nothing. Uh, but yeah, um,
2: this, match, this match was good. They killed each other.
0: Really good stuff. And uh, Nakanishi. Um, now, we didn't make a big deal of it on the site because basically you'd have to be a long-time New Japan fan to really know this guy back from his, his glory days. Yep. Uh, he's a wrestler who probably should have retired probably five years ago. I mean, me and Nellio, from the last two years, we've been looking at some of his stuff. It's like, wow, that dude really shouldn't be wrestling anymore. He, he can barely move. He can barely, he, he just kind of floating out there. You know, when you see a really tired old wrestler who's just, you know, there, that was Nakanishi. Now, they had a special tribute night, including uh, a last match with him, where mm-hmm. in old wrestling school tradition, he took the finisher of every one of his opponents before they beat him. So they laid him out good. And then people love this dude. They had such a celebration. You watched that on New Japan World, the Nakanishi retirement card. People, uh, the audience, everybody in the locker room came out. um, Very well-respected man. Now, we didn't really cover it too much or put any graphics up on it. Just for the simple fact is we've only been covering New Japan for a little while. And -hmm. we know a lot Mm -hmm. of you uh, fans, especially not like English-speaking fans, Probably have only been covering New Japan for maybe three years now as the Renaissance has been pushed into the English version. Um, guys like Nakanishi, he had his heyday way before we came along. And all we've seen is this old, you know, broken down kind of dude. Same as like Tenzon. You know, he read all this stuff about Tenzon being this super great wrestler. All I've known him to be is this really old dude who can barely move and has these sad looking Mongolian chops. <laughs> And, and the strangest haircut, a flat top and a mullet yeah. together. All <laughs> right? I'm not sure who told him that was a good idea, but they, they were wrong. Okay, I have a
2: question. What what, yes. heck, what what is it, Tenkozi? I know that's the team name, but like, what is that name? Because it's Kojima and uh, Tenzan. Right. So where, where do they get Tenkozi from?
0: Well, just because Koji and Kozi. Like, uh, just a play on the words in general. Oh, okay. So of, it's a play on of words of, our, of kojima so it's like cozy okay. like kojima yeah All so right. and tens on so 10 cozy um yeah check it out if you like some uh if you like to see old wrestlers getting ready for their retirement i mean there's nothing really great about the, the matches on that card but you know it's a retirement card that's what you expect that sort of thing uh the big news of course coming out of new japan has to be this whole two weeks uh that they're not going to be having cards they've canceled the uh, from march 1st to march 15th all wow. those events in there have been canceled due to concerns over the coronavirus which is uh hitting asia really badly right now so um weighed
2: waiting on this oh did he yeah he said he said it's just they just want everyone to live in fear because look we had the west now virus we got through that we had the SARS, we got through that <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i'm really hoping that this is not a big thing at least you know I hope yeah it, but it's it's starting to become legitimate. i don't want to get back into this but like yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. i think it's it might be something serious so uh that's too bad about uh new japan It'll it it puts the the super j the super japan cup back the new japan cup sorry the new japan cup which would crown uh, a number one contender for an upcoming thing that will be pushed back now that tournament will have to. I don't know when they'll make that up. So uh, so that'll be, I don't know what to say coming out of that. Um, folks, you know what? Uh, we, we, we had a good week of wrestling. Um, there was some really fun stuff. And Elio, I want to just throw it out there, buddy. Um, I took a look at your, uh, your NXT UK report and uh, good stuff. And uh, you, you know what, fans? Uh, part of our job here on the audio section here is to really – you know, talk about these things just to point out what's good and bad that we see in our points of view. But, you know, also these re- these writing columns also give you a chance a little more in-depth of some of the shows. And uh, we're hoping to catch you guys up to speed of what's the best wrestling out there. Yeah, and
2: this is going to be fun. I haven't done this in a while. Do it no, with, the, with the writing.
0: Yeah. You know, here's the, here's the thing. Um, we love AEW. We love We love NXT we love wwe we love all of the companies and what me and elio here our job is to scour through nxt uk and all of the other big independent wrestling things to find for you people the matches that are going to make you guys enjoyable and hopefully steer you away from some of the turns floating in the bowl okay so uh i just want to say it's it's been a great week um We're enjoying. You know what, Elio? I didn't even realize this, and I think I knew this, and I forgot. Did you know our birthdays are two days apart? I was aware of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you kind of hinted at that the other day. And did I even wish you a happy birthday last year? I must Uh, have. I'm sure you did. I can't
2: remember.
0: Well, I can barely remember when my birthday is, anyways. (laughs) But uh, and then then birthdays on.
2: I already know your birthday is two days before
0: mine. Right, and then and then we, you know, Tony Diaz just celebrated his birthday. <laughs> so you know the wrestling, uh, the POV boys, we're all we're all getting close to birthdays here, you know. So fans, we want to thank you guys for all tuning in and listening to us. We, we want to thank Ed for joining us now on a regular uh, basis, uh, covering all the AEW and the hot topics. And uh, as he gets more boned up and watching uh, MLW and NXT, he'll hopefully jump in there and start giving his point of views on some of the stuff we're watching too. Mm -hmm. Um, Elio. Yes, sir. It's been a good, uh, good show talking with you this week. Uh, I want to send a special thank you to all of our friends across the world. You're all wonderful. You've all been uh, downloading and listening to our shows. And, and this week I want to say a special hello to all of our friends in New Zealand and Australia Way down there in the, the South Pacific, who've been been uh, following along and following our shows. Thank you guys very much. Uh, we we love you all, uh, and and we're not neglecting all the other people. We we love all of you fans so all across North America, South America, Asia, Europe. Hell, we know there's Antarctic penguins who've been uh, l- watching the feed. All I can say to you guys are ah, 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 and sea uh, fish. Um, anyhow, elio uh, Say goodbye to the good people.
2: All right. Listeners, we will talk to you all next week.